Greg Kissarm. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. So you're keen on music? Yeah. Welcome to episode 196 of the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the FAQ Message Board. And today we're joined by little Andrew. And he's not dancing with his limpy, limpy wristy today. So I was like three years old when that happened. There's man up. There's no at excuse. At three? At three? I didn't even know what I was doing. Billy Squire I, dance. I was trying to strum the guitar. I wasn't like it wasn't limp wristed. It's just, mm-hmm. how I thought you strummed the guitar. <laughs> well, Clearly, I was a drummer from the start. Clearly, I'm gonna mock you just because I'm. <laughs> A horrible, horrible human being. Yeah. Uh, also joining us uh, is Lonnie, St. Louis Kiss, and 69th Blizzard Ken. Hello. Well, good to see you all, as always. Um, let's do a little bit of the news. Um, straight hot off the press, uh, as of uh, about an hour ago, Brian Head Welsh will not be at the Rock and Pod Expo, but you can still show up there and meet the wonderful and amazing Matt Porter from the Kiss Room, Ken Mills from Podkist, Gary Schaller from Podkist, BJ Cramp from Rock and or Roll, and a whole bunch of other uh, podcasters, Van Halen Rising author Greg Renoff, um, guys from Stars, guys from, uh, let's see, Andre LaBelle. Troy Lucetta from Tesla. Exactly. Uh, Toby Wright, Michael Wagner, um, just very numerous personalities will be around on Saturday at the Palace in Nashville. Oh, yeah, I'll be there as well, so you can come by and uh, give me the finger if you so desire. Powerful and attractive, Julian. Blur that out, blur that out, blur that out. Five five (laughs) bucks to flip me off. There you go. It's a discount. So, um, you know, obviously Brian is a member of Corn, whose leader, Jonathan, is it Davis? Uh, Jonathan Davis, yes. uh, His uh, wife passed away. So uh, obviously that takes yeah. precedence over appearances, uh, pod rock and pods and whatnot. Uh, but nonetheless, it wasn't planned or anticipated. And uh, unfortunately, a contract was unable to deal with that situation. So uh, other news, Vinnie Vincent has announced a second night of his now um, full shred and acoustic performance. Uh, he did say that he'd been listening to fans and had decided that the show would become half acoustic, half electric. And now there's a second night on December the 8th added to um, the mix. So most of the great seats had been sold out of the first night. There still are seats available, but obviously enough have sold for it to be appealing to add a second. So uh, there you go. Graceland. What? I, you said he would listen to the fans, but I think he was listening to you because you said either last week or the week before that he couldn't shred. <laughs> so um, so I, I think he's, I, he's, I, he did it to pr- prove you wrong. I most yeah. certainly did not say that he could not shred. As I, 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 I that's what I heard. I have to that's know heard. otherwise. <laughs> Somebody so go to the we'll tape. Play Somebody that back. Yes, we have it on. I think that may have been misconstrued because. There we go. Well, whatever whatever the case, I, I say thank Joe Polo of Podcast Rock City for uh, getting Vinny to do that because he just done a show on that very same topic. So there you go. Uh, right. What are the news? Bob Kulik is Bob out Kulik of the Kiss nice. Cruise. So uh, that means even more room for Bruce's era of Kiss. You can get rid of the 78 solo stuff because Bob won't be there. You can get rid of Alive 2 because Bob won't be there. So that means more from the 80s and more from Paul. Um, and Bruce. So who knows? Uh, maybe some uh, good girl gone bad, perhaps, or yes. you know, some more stuff, more deep cuts asylum. off. Cra- yeah, off crazy nights in asylum. I'm sure Bruce and the band will bring it. I'm just happy I went to Indy now and saw the Keelick brothers because I would have been a bit bummed out if I had uh, <laughs> not already seen them. There you go. So, any other news? Have I missed anything of interest I- or import? I don't think so. Uh, I know Gina Paul were at the uh, Ontario airport today. I think they were opening up a new um, Rock and Brews. I just saw a quick clip of Paul smashing a fake guitar to open it up, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, I saw that. Um, there's Boom. a couple. Yeah. There's a couple. 
There's a couple more vault appearances coming up. I think the Sweetwater one in, is at Indianapolis. It is. The Sweetwater. And no, then it's not, no sorry, uh, it's Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne, sorry, sorry about that. Fort Wayne, Indiana. And then there's the uh, Las Vegas vault, and then there's, I think, a Los Angeles uh, vault as well, too. And that's the only two left besides Kiss Cruise, right? Well, yeah, uh, Australia. 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 Australia, right, right, right. Melbourne, right. Adelaide, Sydney, yeah. and uh, where the hell? Perth? No. I Perth, don't know. I think. No. No. Sorry, Melbourne? Yeah. No, but yeah, but I know. But uh, what's cool about that is I think I think it's kind of cool that Gene is doing solo uh, solo concerts in conjunction with the Vault. I think he should have been doing that the whole time. I think it should have been a yeah. Gene Simmons band concert yeah. and the Vault. That would have been really really cool. It would have added a lot of value. Not to say that what we got, you know, Julian, you and I, what we got, we went to the Vault. Ken, you went as well, and oh, Lonnie, all of us went to the Vault. Hey, um, not that what we got at the Vault wasn't good. I just think that kind of that would have been kind of cool. Um, to do and mm-hmm. and Ace is down there with him too, so very cool. Well, Ace was there for Lonnie and and, and Lonnie's yeah. umbrella, and Ace was That's there right. for Ken and me. And was Ace there for you? No, you had Shannon, didn't you? No, no, he had no one. I had no one. I had to go he by. The, he got the Cleveland treatment and got no one. Yeah, I, I had to. <laughs> I had to go by Gene Simmons jeans. That's what I had to do. That was the special guest, Gap jeans. That was my special guest. Yeah, but no. And then somebody accused me of, of wanting to put them uh, on mm. eBay to be sold, but they were returned the same day. Like I don't, whatever. Um, no, it, it's it's actually it's a slow news week in in the Kiss world, so not not a whole lot going on. Okay, well then, uh, because it was your idea to talk about this today, uh, take it away, Andrew, so I can just like put you on mute and uh, have a nap. <laughs> You edit me out. Many people have tried to do that, and I keep, I keep coming back. I keep it's reappearing. Back. Yeah, like a virus you couldn't kill. Yeah, like a virus you couldn't kill. You know, just, just call me herpes from now on. I just keep coming back. Uh, God. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, um, one of the topics that I've always kind of had in mind going back to my old show is I always kind of wanted to do like a, a roundtable discussion about Kiss Meets the Phantom versus Attack of the Phantoms. This is a subject that's near and dear to me because Kiss Meets the Phantom is how I became a Kiss fan. And for a really long time, before I, I found out there were bootlegs, or before I found out that all that stuff kind of circulated and Kiss was releasing little nuggets, Kiss Meets the Phantom was the only place where I could see footage from the Love Gun tour and see the stage and see them live in the era that uh, was always my favorite. So Phantom holds a, a really, really uh, close spot in my heart. And I know when Kissology Volume 2 came out, um, Attack of the Phantoms was very, very cool to see. So I want to open up to you guys first before we kind of go into what we like or dislike about them. Before Kissology Volume 2 came out, had either of you guys seen Attack of the Phantoms? So start with Ken. Uh, Attack of the Phantoms? Attack of the Phantoms. No, Attack of the Phantoms, uh, Phantoms, I did not. But did you Um, know about it? I knew about it. I knew it was released, you know, uh, not in the U.S. Um, and I know they didn't put it out on video in the U.S. They had the, you know, the regular Kiss Meets the Phantom on uh, VHS, which I had bought when that came out. Um, but no, I had to wait until Kissology. What about you, Lonnie? Um, no, I'd never seen it. I'd, I'd heard that it existed. Um, I didn't know much about it. But... No, I, I'm I'm right there with Kent that I'd heard about it, I knew it existed, but I didn't know much about it other than there was a UK version of it called Attack of the Fans, but that was it. And the leader of the cesspool, had you? Uh, ah, yes. <laughs> no. Had you? You hadn't you hadn't seen it at all, really? No, no I mean even living overseas, yeah. uh, I had never. I had stayed away yeah. from that movie. I'd seen bits and pieces of it, and that was enough to put me off watching any of it whatsoever. And I remain in that mindset today. I have watched it quite a lot, obviously, for the 78 solo book uh, to compare different versions and do continuity and whatnot. But, uh, you know, Attack of the Phantoms, I'd see it. I think the closest I got was uh, Black Diamond, Dale Sherman's book. He compared the differences mm-hmm. between the two, and that was as close mm-hmm. as I ever got to it. So, yeah. There was a there was a site not too long ago. Maybe it is even a long time now. Maybe like it's probably going on ten years now. I think it was Kasif Buntha, one of the guys who ran the website, had a had a nice. I think it might have even been a telesync copy of Attack of the Phantoms, 
and then an audio recording. He was basically getting a couple different sources because what I understand is Attack of the Phantoms was also never officially released um, in Europe either. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does anybody know if I'm right or wrong about that? Was it never officially released? No, I believe the, the video cassette that came out was the the same as the you know international the, the U.S. thing. So. The U.S. So he had the the guy who owned this website at the time. He was syncing a couple different sources to try to make Attack of the Phantoms as complete as possible and have an experience. I think there might have been, and I think he might have had um, a bootleg. Someone had taken um, a camera into like a drive-in or something in 1979. That's high quality. Yeah, but he was trying to just, he was basically trying to just give people the experience because at the time, no one had seen this movie. There were little bits and pieces here and there and nobody kind of understood. I mean, when I first heard about it, I thought it was the exact same as Kiss Meets the Phantom. But it had those Dynasty Don Kirshner rock concert clips in there instead of the Magic Mountain mm-hmm. stuff. Because <clears throat> I had read something that someone said that when they had saw it, that it had those clips. What I didn't what I didn't understand at the time is that that played before the movie. <clears throat> because the movie had come out in 1979, and I guess they were trying to advertise what Kiss was uh, um, at that point. But yeah, I, I had never seen it. I had heard about it. I always had wanted to see it because it was something different. It was something it was something new. We had shocked the people. No, it was just something that, that I wanted to see and, and I, I didn't understand how different it was. So when I finally sat down to watch Kissology Volume Two, first of all, I was blown away by the quality. I was really, really excited that they got such a nice quality version uh, of the film. It is improperly matted and it is in the wrong aspect ratio. Uh, so there, that all, all that stuff aside, uh, it was still very, very. This is Ken off too. You know, when, when I see it, when I see it, I'm like, ah oh, man. Um, but I, I, there are things about it that I really, really like. I like how the intro starts out with uh, with Sam and uh, what's her name, Deborah? No, that, that's her real name. What, Melissa? Melissa? Melissa. Melissa. I like how there it starts out with the roller coaster and they go into the tunnel and that's where you see the opening credits of Kiss being giants at Magic Mountain. I thought that was really cool. I, I thought that was cooler than what we got in Kiss Meets the Phantom uh, of the park. So you've all you've all seen Kiss Meets the Phantom, right? At different times being Kiss fan. Of course. Mm-hmm. So let's just let's also go around the hole here again. Another another series. Who liked it and who didn't like it? Julian, well, I'll start with you. Julian, yeah. The what? Kiss Meets the Phantom? No. Kiss Meets the Phantom. You like That's it? That's the topic, yes. No, do, do not like it. Never liked it. Never will like it. Um, it's the, if if you you ever want to get rid of me, just like come and put a phone up with it playing, and I will scuttle the other way. Scuttle the other way. Yes. We have Zoidberg from Futurama. Go for a scuttle. Um. Uh, Ken. I mean, uh, Ken. Yeah. What uh? What yeah, are you? You like so. it? That, that's your name. When I first, well, I watched it on the when it first aired on the first day it aired. Really? Exactly. Yeah, so how excited I, were you? I, I can still remember like where I watched television. it in my my parents' home uh, and not too far um, uh, with my sister. I told her, to, "Hey, check this out! I'm going to watch this Kiss movie tonight," and we watched it together. And I, you know, that was the first time seeing it. I was still getting into my Kiss fandom at the time, because about a year earlier than that, I was getting into them. Uh, so I enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of... <laughs> but then, you know, you know, I remember it from then, but then when I uh, got the videotape in the 80s, uh, then watching it again, I was like, oh, this is not as good as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> that I remember. <laughs> but, you know, it's still fun to, you know, to watch and... And I remember playing it for my kids. But uh, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it at the beginning. Now I enjoy it more for nostalgia. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's exactly where I am. I the enjoy kiss it for scenes, the kiss scenes that are. They go yeah, in. I mean, I, I think the whole thing, I think the whole thing is cool. Just kind of remember what was around at, at the time. Partridge Family had just aired. Brady Bunch was on the monkeys TV. This kind Wars. of, yes, yeah, Star Wars, this fit. I, I'm just talking about like kind of hokey music things because monkeys scooby do music i mean it it was this is put up by hanna barbera which did the animation for scooby doo exactly this is just this is a product of its time 
it certainly couldn't have come out any later or earlier, but this was this was 70s cheese. Uh, Lonnie, how old were you when you saw it? I saw it for the first time when I was a kid in the 80s. Um, Channel 11 here in St. Louis would just play movies on Saturdays and Sundays. That's like three movies in a row. And one Saturday or Sunday, for some reason and somehow, Channel 11 in St. Louis played it. And the nine-year-old in me that saw it thought it was the absolute greatest thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. And I loved the band even more than I already had. And, you know, it was, you know, a kid in the 80s in St. Louis at nine years old. I don't even think we had a VCR at the time for me to record it. So I just had to enjoy it in the moment. And, and it was so, so great. And, you know, no, no one lives in the moment anymore because everybody records everything as, yeah, as it's happening. Yeah. And no one watches it with their own eyes anymore. But, yeah, you know, you just had to just living in the moment and watching it. It was just so fantastic that it just propelled my, my kiss fandom at the time. Yeah. And I, and then I didn't see it again until maybe 97 when I was 17 years old or 18 years old, whatever it was that summer, the local music store down the street from me had one of the old, had one of those clamshell copies of the VHS. Yeah. The good times copy. It was that good times. I think yeah. Good Times was just the regular one. I, I think there was another. There was, there was two. Yeah, there was another. There's two versions of it. Yes, yes, yes. But he had the big clamshell, looked like the old Disney VHSs. You know what I mean? Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And and I I saw that and I was like, take my money, take all my tips I just made at the golf course. I have to have this. I don't care what it costs. Just take all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, you know, ran home to watch it, and and put it in the the VCR. Had the had the still had a VCR at that point in '97. You know. And uh, and watched it, and I'm like, oh my god, this is nothing like I have pictured in my mind. This right. is awful. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. Just, the second time I watched it, my opinion of it was so much different than the first time yeah. I watched it. Yeah, but what what if? I mean, have you guys seen the but Scooby Doo? Have you seen the Scooby Doo meets Kiss movie that just came out like two years sure. ago? Three yeah, years I ago? have it. Yeah. Yeah. What if oh, that had come it. out instead? Would you uh, at the same would, time? No, no, I've only watched it one time. <laughs> really? Because I, 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 I enjoy the I enjoy the Scooby Doo. I've watched really? it a few times. Really? Yeah. yeah. It was it it's, was it, in comparison. It was you know Oscar worthy. I mean compared to Phantom, and you know if it had come out instead, you know say a cartoon uh, with you know tied up with some late seventies other cartoon you know Muttley or whatever uh, in an adventure thing, I think they would have had more of a career. Uh, or possibilities on TV, blending their kind of superhero thing with cartoon and pop culture yeah. than they did with Phantom, which just you know, I, I guess the seven-year-olds loved it, but the you know after that it was just laughing stock. Yeah, I you know I I was actually younger than you, Lonnie, when when I saw it, and I, I kind of mm-hmm. always I kind of always forget that there's that age that couple year age gap between us because yeah. you know I, I was just, eleven because I'm so immature that's why it's so hard to, that's why it's so easy to forget that well well no you just you just <laughs> you, you look you look so good for your age so that's wow, why I, that's why I don't remember <laughs> uh, no um I I saw it when when I was like th- I think I was three well. By the time that you all had seen the dancing video that you like to mock of me, I had already seen <laughs> Kiss Meets the Phantom at that point. And um, I, I don't think it exists anymore, but there was another whole movie of me acting out the end fight scene in Phantom all by myself. I was playing all the parts, and I was acting out singing Rip and Destroy, and then, you know, um, singing Rock and Roll a Night after. And, and at age three, you'd probably mastered the, the movie's complete dialogue as well. Yeah, because there was... they. They, no one won any Oscars for that script, and uh, I don't know about that. I think I go back and look again. <laughs> but you know, yeah, for me, it 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 holds a really really special place in in my heart, just in in my fandom and all that stuff. I I just I I still love it. I've never I never not loved it. This the same VHS that I purchased or that my mother purchased for me in Kmart and. 1989 i still have i'll never get rid of it and i years ago i thought i had an original airing on beta but i think what i ended up having is i had one of the 
rebroadcasts from I think probably '85, probably December of '85 is probably the 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 copy I had on beta, because uh, I know I had I know I had it on beta before I got the VHS, and then once I got in the VHS, I you know threw out the beta like an idiot. Here's one of the, just uh, since you mentioned having a beta and not knowing what year it came from. What is interesting is now that you've got all these newspaper archives online, newspapers.com, newspaperarchive.com, you can actually go in and check the TV listings and see just how much this bloody thing was rebroadcast. 79, 81, mm. 82. It was on all the time throughout, you know, the early 80s up till when it came out on video. Absolutely amazing. It stunned me how much it shows up. I was like, holy shit, they were that desperate for late night TV you late, know, broadcast. Yeah. This was actually getting shown. It was actually getting blurbs written about it as well. You know, if you remember the original TV ads that uh, in, in like TV Guide and whatnot that came out for it, they, they were still doing some of that in the early 80s for the rebroadcast as well. Did you think that maybe it got so much attention because purchasing the rights to rebroadcast it was probably like two wooden nickels? Do you think that maybe that's why it was it was oh, yeah. it aired so much? Exactly. I mean, you could you could watch movies like Gargoyles followed by Kiss Meets the Phantom. I mean, low yeah. low grade entertainment. But come on, yeah. it was still getting shown. I think that's uh, more yeah. important. Where Kiss was doing The Elder, you could still at least watch Phantom. I don't know. What is that a good thing? Not a good thing. <laughs> kind of. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I yeah, I tell you, I have Phantom on every time I read the uh, the great book, The Odyssey, by Julian Gill. Every time that I open up that book, Kiss Me, Stefan, just it just comes on. I don't know what. Was, Everybody uh, just froze. Oh, I, I I had a friend who was really into the band in, in the early '80s, who was a fan from the '70s, and he was really still into the band in, in the in the '80s, and was kind of looking for a lot of Kiss stuff in the earlier 80s and he said and i don't have a way to, to actually prove this i mean i'm sure i could check this newspaper.com but he had said that there was an edited version that was edited down to 60 minutes from the original 90 that it was edited down to 60 minutes and how, that, how do you cut that out how do you, how do you not, cut out all the good footage i'm not how, sure what do you choose to cut out of that i'm not <laughs> sure everything except <laughs> melissa just edit everything except any scene with melissa in it you just leave that Stays. and everything else Stays. goes yeah, exactly. Chopper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't need chopper. Yeah, so he had said that there was a 60-minute version, and that he had seen. And I really, I, I think that I, I may have. I, I'm not sure. Um, there's one. There's one pile of, of VHS tapes left that I have to, um, you know, transfer. It might. It might still be on there. But um, and the last thing I, I want to just mention really quickly before we kind of talk about them kind of head to head. Did anybody have it on Laserdisc? Mm, no. All right, so I'm the only nerd that had it on Laserdisc. Do you have a Laserdisc player have a laser to watch disc. it? Do you have a Laserdisc player? Many, many years ago I did. And okay, my okay. DVD... At, at the same time as the disc? Yes. Yes, yes. Okay. Because the, okay. the, the DVD version that I have in my collection is from the Laserdisc. Right. I judge you a little bit less now. You yeah. did have it at the time. It, it's from... And, and, and unfortunately, uh, I... I sold, I think I sold that. I sold the laser disc, and I think the player ended up breaking. So for me at the time, it just didn't make sense for me to keep. I also had the original Star Wars laser discs too. Um, sold those as well. I sold those as well. Um, I, I know I should have kept that. I mean, every time, every time I uh, I see laser discs being sold at stores, I look for Kiss Meets the Phantom because I, I would kind of like to have that in the collection. It'd be kind of cool uh, to have that. But, um, yeah, my DVD copy came from the Laserdisc, and I understand that there are, throughout all the, the releases of Kiss Meets the Phantom, it's kind of, it's cropped slightly differently. Some of the cropping, you know, cuts off the top of the head. I mean, it's still all in full screen, yeah, so I don't, I don't want to give anybody the wrong, it, it's still in full screen, so um, there, it's just slightly different um, from copy to copy. So, uh, and, any other fleeting thoughts of Kiss Meets the Phantom? Is your copy 60 FPS? 4K. Ooh, look at you. <laughs> well, I know the, a... Kiss, the Kiss Me Stefano thing, at least one of the versions I have or still have or as a bootleg, whatever. Yeah, the the heads, you know, it's it's cropped off the, at the top and it's like, man, this is not right. It's, it's just doesn't look right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think my Good Times VHS has the, the heads cut off. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. I haven't watched it in 20 years. Like, how and, do they do that? Uh, wait, maybe it hasn't been 20. Uh, probably like 15 years. I haven't watched that tape. Probably about 15 years. It'd probably disintegrate if I put it in the VCR now. Try <laughs> to play it. Because, right. like I said, I have the the laser disc version. Um, okay, so Kiss Meets the Phantom versus Attack of the Phantoms. Uh, right off the bat, the music, all of the, I guess, silly, hokey cartoon music that in most films would be called the score is absent. They took out all the hokey cartoon music and they put in tracks from the solo album. Uh, good idea, bad idea. I like it actually. I think it's I think it's more entertaining to watch with the music from the solo albums. I watched Attack of the Phantoms the other night and I hadn't watched it in a while. And it's I'm more familiar with Kiss Meets the Phantom because I've watched it a bunch of times. Yeah. Even even though when I got it when I was seventeen I thought, Oh my gosh, it's crappy. But it's still the Kiss movie. I'm still gonna go back and watch it again even though it's, it's crappy. You know what I mean? So i I'm I'm much more familiar with Kiss Meets the Phantom was Attack of the Phantoms. So if I'm going to make my wife sit through one of them, I'm going to make her sit through <laughs> Attack of the Phantoms, which she still said was horrible, by the way. But surprised you're still married after that. Right. I, I, I'm surprised I, I, I my keyboard to get in the house tonight, actually. But I um I enjoy, I enjoyed it because I I I remembered obviously that that the solo music is is there in, in place of the Hanna Barbera you know, cartoonish themes, but it's, I think it, 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 the way they did it, it fits really well. And it's fun to watch for a kiss fan that, Oh, it's this young. It's that song. You know, it's, it's, it's more fun. I think it's more fun to watch with, with that score in there. And obviously there's some different scenes cut in there as well. Yes. 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 I, I was actually going to go into that. Go into that too. You know, there's, there's some different scenes that don't appear in, in kiss me. Phantom. Um, I think it's more fun to watch than, than Kiss Meets the Phantom. I, I, I prefer it over the other one. I prefer it. Do you really? I do prefer Attack of the Phantom to Kiss Meets hmm. the Phantom. Hmm. I enjoy, I enjoy I, and maybe I'll, maybe when, when she goes out one night this week, maybe I'll watch Attack Kiss Meets the Phantom again, and uh, maybe I'll have a different opinion, but as of today, I, I, prefer, I prefer Attack of the Phantoms over, over Kiss Meets the Phantom. Julian, I, I know I know the only thing you love more than this is shopping for Kiss Miko dolls. dolls. Yeah, Kiss Dolls at, at Target. Julian <laughs> 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 strangely silent this week. I'm actually with Lonnie. Um, I, I prefer ah. Attack of the Phantoms strictly because um, the continuity makes a little bit more sense and the soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, it's everything. It, it just... Come on, it was 1978. The solo albums were coming out. Yeah, they had solo album material available from early August. It just kind of, I, I understand why it wasn't ready to go in the movie, but uh, it makes the movie better. And you know, just imagine Ken, you know, being back there in 1978, Halloween. You're about to see, fan, uh, you know, uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom. Imagine instead of having the 70s porno music, it had songs maybe. <laughs> Kiss solo albums that you hadn't saved up to buy yet. You know, it was. Ooh, what's that? Yeah. It, yeah. Ooh, that that sounds like Kiss seventies porno music. Oh no, that's Peter Chris. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or that's Gene Simmons. You, you, you know, so it, it, it's all about the songs. It's a Kiss TV movie. Should have had nothing but Kiss music in it. Really agree. I I, I agree, and, and I like the comment that that you meant about the continuity because. In Kiss Meets the Phantom, you know, they play, then they come off the stage with no sweat on them, not an ounce of sweat, makeup is still perfect, All they, they come off stage, and then Sam is taking pictures, and literally minutes later, there is a Gene Simmons clone smashing a clearly styrofoam um, soda stand, which is laughable. The way, the way it's put together, because the scenes are in different running order in Attack, some time goes by before the first Kiss clone is actually actually uh, actually appears. So uh, Ken, what about what what is your take on on the music changes? Yeah, the music. Um, I mean, it, yeah, it didn't bother me the, the original music. I mean, later watching it again and listening to it, that music, it was kind of like, man, this is this is out of the cartoons. This music, but um, but then uh, you know, finally seeing it with the with the music even though the songs don't 
fit the scene or don't make it doesn't make sense you know um it still it was enjoyable listening to the the solo album music and and like julian said you know it, if it had been in there when i first saw it it would have been i would have been pretty excited about it because i just had purchased those solo albums you know uh you know a few you know a couple of weeks before or a few weeks before um that movie came on tv really it, cool well what, whatever doesn't fit in their real world melissa can't find sam and love is so hard to find you know she's looking for That's him where cool. is he i can't Let's find I, him I, I, it's perfect yeah. <laughs> well, well ken well ken let me ask you this and, and you may not remember this um yeah. do you remember any of the commercials that kind of aired were there any were there any and i asked were there any kiss commercials because that should have been the dolls and the radio and the soul albums should have been advertised during this movie during the movie i i don't mm, that's hard but i don't recall seeing any kiss uh commercials during this the airing of that which is odd because nowadays you go and buy an album and inside the album is an advertisement for the next thing or or you go get a book yeah. and there's an av- there's there's all this cross promotion that just really wasn't how it was done in the 70s yeah. you know my wife is texting me from downstairs by the way and she goes you're seriously talking about that stupid movie <laughs> <laughs> man i, I it, it, <laughs> don and invite her to come hang out we'll you know We'll change her you mind. You want to come in and join on the discussion? Get her. Get no, her. She. She. Yeah. She <laughs> would probably. Opinion. Yeah. She would probably. She'd probably be like, "Damn, who is the guy with the long hair? Why does he love all of this stuff? I don't get it." <laughs> and then uh, we're gonna cue that that clip from The Simpsons where Homer's going nerd because that's just that's just that, that's just what it is. Um. But but no, I mean the the music changes. I I thought it was cool because, I mean I I remember the highlight of the Kissology Volume Two was Attack of the Phantoms for me, because at the time I hadn't really mastered torrenting, so I wasn't able to get this Kiss Me Attack that was being put out a couple of years before that, and uh, so I, I I had never seen it. And there was all this hype surrounding this and i was like i really just i want to see something different like how much different can it be and what's this and and, and and what's that um but by the time i saw attack of the phantoms for the first time i had already seen kiss meets the phantom hundreds of times mm-hmm. hundreds of and the very first takeaway that i had from it it wasn't that there were some different shots in the concert or the, the scene running around was different the first takeaway i had was that um they took out my favorite line where the one security guard is going, uh, telling Melissa where Abner's lab is, and he's like, "Yeah, way underground." <laughs> they took that. Yeah. They took that line right. out, <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, why'd they take that?" I was like, "Yeah, way underground." And <laughs> those security guards. So those guys work like twenty-four hour shifts because it's the same guys working during the day that's working overnight, and then they threaten them, or unless there's room on the graveyard shift. I'm like, these guys were on the graveyard yeah, shift. Yeah, we're on the graveyard night. shift. They were, they're working like 36 hours in a row at this point. How are you going to punish these guys? Here's a, here's a pop quiz. Um, that's a, that's security guard, my favorite security guard. What else is he in? Oh, he's in something, though. 48 hours. In 48 hours. Huh. He's the bad guy in 48 he, hours. I thought he was in Blade that. Runner, too, somewhere. Anyway. He, he might be in there, but I, I he had actual lines in Forty Eight Hours, so look it up on. He's been in a number of movies. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Julian has nothing to say. <laughs> Julian is just like, just like I can't Sorry. believe I can't believe I I agreed to this. I can't believe I agreed to this. Well, you know what? It's a little you know, bit cooler. So, sometimes Mr. Gill just has to shut up and hit record and put himself on mute and uh, pick up his iPhone. Um, but I, I want to take you just back to one thing. I remember when Kissology came out, I was pissed off that they were wasting so much of a DVD by including anything to do with the Phantom. I, I felt it was the, the wrong choice to make, whether it was Attack or whatever. I know people got excited about that because, come on, when you're desperate for new material and they say, well, it's the European, it's the Attack of the Phantom only shown in Australia and Europe and you've never seen this version before. Um, you know, it, it was like a hard sell, but I was like, well, th- there should have been another show on 
on there or more behind the scenes kind of video footage and not any of that because you know cheesy flicks had put that out on dvd at the time and that's still the version that i have uh yeah i do admit to i still do own the cheesy flicks dvd Ooh. you know i've still got the vhs as well and i i did play it as late as 2015 so uh it, it's just wrapped up you know i i have a hard time with this topic so i'm just gonna go on mute again and shut up <laughs> Well, it's interesting that you mentioned it from that way because that first disc, there are no shows on that first disc. That first disc, it has an excerpt of Land of Hype and Glory, uh, which is the greatest. Um, it's the the full clip is the greatest documentary clip of Kiss in the Seventies. That's by it, far. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. It's oh, by far. Yeah, and you could tell who's who was the guy Edward something. Edwin Newman. Newman. Edwin, Edwin Newman. Yep. Edwin Newman. Clearly not a Kiss fan. Not a Kiss yeah. fan at all. You could tell by just some of the comments that that he makes. Um, but you kind of there, there's there's points in that in that little documentary where where Paul is talking about why they do what they do and, and how what they do is popular. He kind of he cracks a bit of a smile, uh, but you could clearly tell that he was not a fan, not a fan at all. So you have that, then you have Attack of the Phantoms, and what what else is on this? It's Don Kirshner's Rock Oh, Snyder. the, the Thompson, another okay, excerpt. Yeah. Yeah, a another, yeah, it's not a even the whole thing. Version. They don't they don't come back. You know, they don't show the whole space bear thing or anything. Yeah, it's not yeah. the whole thing. You know, I could understand why that the land of hype and glory was there was an excerpt there because there is other music in the original uh, full clip. There's some, there's some foreigner songs. There's a, I think there's a Rolling Stone song. So I could understand editing it out because they didn't want to pay the royalties for those other songs. I get that. I don't really understand why the Tom Snyder show was edited down. Maybe it was because they had only purchased a certain amount of minutes that they could license um, from there. That's probably what it was. But at the same time, I'm like, man, just pony up the cash. That's the best Kiss interview of all time. Oh, yeah. Technical yeah. limitations of the DVD format, perhaps. The length of the attack edit that was included on the disc plus the uh, Newman. I mean, I mean, how much can they fit on a DVD before, you know, fucking around with the compression and whatnot? Well, I think... I, I think where it was, um, it, the whole thing could have still fit because it's just over two hours on that DVD, and you can yeah. some in a dual layer DVD you can get up to four to five hours of of. of it's not that much more time, really, that we're yeah. talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think there was like eleven minutes or or fifteen minutes taken out of the the Tom Snyder interview. So, uh, so again, you're right. There were absolutely no live performances on that first disc. So I could see I could see why Mr. Kissy Leaks was mad. Because <laughs> you you could imagine because did you were you like me when that came out? Did you go to all three stores to get all three? Hell versions? yeah, you got to yep. go to all three stores. It cost me like a hundred dollars that day to get all three. <laughs> I didn't. I only got one. So Kissology Volume One, I got three. That one I only got two because I had all the stuff ready. I had all the bonus discs in better quality, so I didn't need any of that. So I got the one. Yeah. But uh, Kissology 3, I got all the bonus discs. Yeah, I only had uh, to worry about uh, the regular retail one and Best Buy because we do not have Walmarts around here, being San Francisco. We have uh, needles, no straws, and no Walmart. You're not missing much. Okay, uh, good. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right, so getting back on, on the, the differences between these two, there are some different scenes that are that are included in Attack of the Phantoms that aren't in Kiss Meets the Phantom. And it kind of makes you wonder what was delivered to the European markets because they – I think they put this together, right? I believe that someone in Europe is the one who actually put this together and, and got it ready for a theatrical release. I don't think it was done here in America. I think it was done all in Europe and basically was put together on what was delivered from Hanna-Barbera or Casablanca. Does anybody know? This is probably I, so. Basically, Julian, what you're saying is we're not gonna get a Kiss Me the Phantom book, is what you're saying. Not for me. I thought Ron was working on one. <laughs> there would not be Ross. a Julian Gillum. No, I, I thought, I, I thought Ron, Ron was, and I, I thought Ross is gonna include one as the bonus in the deluxe yeah, edition bonus. of Magic. Yeah. So you know whether it entails, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, th there's there's a hell of a lot of notes that go around with the Phantom production. I mean, from the script to the production notes to memos and filming schedules and bills from studios uh for you know i've got, I've got a whole binder here phantom notes uh right down to 
the explosive powder used on set um, and all that sorts of shit and how many costumes they resent. But you know, I've never seen anything about the uh, production of Attack of the Phantom, and that would actually be fascinating just from a historical point of view to see how that was approached and what was provided and who did the work and uh, what constraints, if any, they were under, other than working with shit. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because who is the one that decided that this needs to be re-edited or who wanted to re-edit it? Was it I, – I, I would be really curious to know why it was even re-edited. I mean, if it was just an aspect ratio thing because they wanted to put it as a theatrical release, I mean, I don't know what the what what it was actually shot as. I don't know, like, what – that's all there. He's on mute. He's on, he's on mute. I'll, I'll, I'll start checking right now, okay? <laughs> um, it, it, it's just it, – it's really interesting to me because before I had seen it, I had no idea how different this was. But having a background in editing, this whole thing was – basically built again from the ground up they took the existing material and the kind of existing blueprint and they made almost a brand new film there are more differences than there are similarities so uh first thing i want to call out to is the concert footage although it's the same songs there are no different songs there are a lot of different uh there are a lot of different shots a lot of different shots and it makes you wonder how much footage that they actually had from the Magic Mountain concert. Uh, have any you have any of you seen or heard any of the private recordings from Magic Mountain? There's uh, some eight millimeter footage and there's uh, an audience recording. I've heard the audience I've version audience. that I've had I, for decades is really choppy and nearly unlistenable. I mean, it's really hard to tell that it's even that, other than the lip sync portions where they were. I, I can't remember what song they were doing that's included on the tape. So horrendous quality. Mm. Yeah, Anybody I, don't think, I don't think I, I, I think I might have heard some, and yeah, I, I remember it not being very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, be, I. What about you, Andrew? Do you well, have an eight millimeter? You said you, you mentioned an eight millimeter. Where, is, where is the full concert film? Someone must have a full concert film of that. Well, so, okay, so I, I've seen the eight millimeter footage. Uh, I saw it in black and white, and I saw the same footage again in color. Uh, it, it's okay. I mean, I, I don't really get too excited about eight millimeter stuff unless it's something really cool, like the Palladium, which we saw in Atlanta. Um, but basic, what I know based on notes that I have read and people that I've talked to, and just having a, a background and all this stuff, the film canisters were probably just destroyed. There was there was no reason for them to save. There was no reason to save it. There was people weren't backing things up. Um, a lot of times, things were thrown away because they needed more space. I mean, there, there's a famous story going around from Chrysalis Records that they threw out all their promotional videos up to the letter L before they realized what they were doing because they needed more space. Mm-hmm. Things, like that, things like that happened all the time. So it's difficult to determine when it was thrown out and what actually um, was archived. Now, I do know that when um, Attack of the Phantoms did get into the hands of Kisco, there was five reels. And they had no idea how to even assemble the movie at that point. They had no, they had no clue how which went first and, and, and what, what happened. So who knows where they got those reels from and who knows what is even out there, uh, yeah. if, if, if anything. So, Julian, did you find anything? No, that was... That was, that was, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was uh, part one, Binder. That's just touring shit. Hmm. well um but yeah so i i don't even i always kind of held out hope that that was going to be out there because there's a lot of things that was lost on the cutting room floor too there's an interview that i read uh might have been in the uh, live forever book that kirk gooch and jeff seuss put out that there was a scene where it was an effect shot of like roses being thrown like rose petals being thrown at the camera or something uh, that was like paul's like scene that no one's ever seen or, or, or heard of it's it's just really interesting to me because this is the only time in the 70s that Kiss was ever shot on film. Anything else that we have is on video. Literally everything else. All those in-house tapes, everything. This is the only time Kiss was shot on a film, and it doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. Okay, so uh, changing changing gears a little bit. <laughs> It's just so funny how much he how much he hates this. 
I was just thinking, you know, and a whole episode about dolls next week. You've mentioned the Simpsons uh, nerd guy, the comic book store guy, and uh-huh. when you were just saying that, uh, you know, it doesn't exist anymore. It's a shame that it, it doesn't. I just had an image of Mark in his basement sitting on the the canisters, going he 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 doesn't exist. My ass, you know. It, I, I'm sure that someone's got the original prints. I would not be surprised at all if they're sitting somewhere. They're going to end up in Goodwill. Gene. Or Gene, I, I, I mean, does he collect his own acting efforts? Or, or the, or those? No one loves Gene. Oh, he wants a copy. Of, he wants a copy of everything that uh, gets produced. So, yeah, so I you know, I, I don't, so I don't doubt that there are prints. They may be overseas. Um, I just really think that you know we we assume that so much is lost, but everything seems to have a collector somewhere that's been interested, that has done the legwork, and doesn't necessarily talk about it on podcasts. I, I would just be very surprised for there to be nothing, and for something not to surface, say on eBay, um, at some point. I, I would be very shocked. So let me rephrase that: there is the there is no known footage. <laughs> that has still currently been archived or is out there or in any type of collector circles. I mean, when Kurt was selling a bunch of his stuff on eBay in the early to mid two thousands, he was releasing these little clips and there's like literally like 90 seconds worth of additional phantom footage. Just like a shot of Peter shot of Paul shot of ACE shot of Gene lip syncing shout out loud. And there's like a full stage shot of them doing firehouse and Detroit rock city. And that's it. Like, you wonder where he found that. Like, how did that get out? Was that footage that was maybe going to be used for attack of the Phantoms? Is that why? I mean, who? there are so many – I have so many questions just because it's very rare that you see a movie like that. And what I mean when I say like that, a movie that's not really that good that gets re-edited and re-released overseas. What were they – like, What? Why? Why? Who is Why the go one through that, that trouble? Why go through that trouble? Exactly. Why go through all the trouble? The movie was a commercial failure in the United States and definitely had long reaches as far as souring the Kiss image in the public. <laughs> Why? Why go through all that? Why go through all that that headache? Why re-edit this? Why use all that money because editors aren't cheap? Why? Why spend all that money? Whose money was it? Who did this? I want to know. That's so. There's somebody out there that knows or has some type of document on it. I I would be really really interested to read up on that because it's so interesting to me that something that was a basically a, a fart in church of a project that was been re that was re-edited to uh, be, be way more expensive. Yeah, and one uh, thing I have just found here, and I, I'm not going to have time to read it all while we're doing this show, and I, I will look, I found some contracts with Hanna-Barbera that may have some mention. You know, I would think that uh, the rights had to be dealt with for it even to be re-edited because of the amount of money yes. that they had put into it. So, I don't know, there's about 40 pages of freaking contract and legal shit here um, that I'm really not in the mood to read right now, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll have a look through that and see if it's got anything or I'll upload it into Kissy Leak because and i know we talked about this before there was a um a document that gene had wrote at a holiday inn somewhere where he wanted to make the history of kiss like that was the movie that he wanted to do with all this footage from all these plate all from all these concerts and tv appearances and mm-hmm. all this stuff so y- you kind of think to yourself like why are they going to waste money re-editing kiss meets the phantom when they could do something that could have been better, you know? Well, they, they did, because in that other binder, there were multiple proposals for the 1979 Kiss Halloween movie, which was, uh, mm-hmm. there's a whole treatment in there about what it was, uh, what you've already referred to, you know, Gene's write-up about history, where he, he's got a long list of all these TV appearances that he remembers, people to be interviewed and whatnot, for a more of a biopic, so that, you know, they even though this was being done in Europe, they were still working on ideas, there were two different movie uh, ideas, and I, 
I think I shared one with the guys a few years ago yeah. uh, during the show um, that we actually talked about it. So it, it does kind of boggle the mind that I don't think Casablanca or, or Coin was intimately involved in it, as you suggested, that someone in Europe took all these parts and strung it together. So, you know, European fans who are maybe in the know can advise on that. I, I'd be very interested to hear, you know, if anyone's got original, you know, uh, tape copies or anything whether yeah. it was broadcast in Europe on TV in that format either. And and just you know g- going back to the technology available at the time. I mean all, all of us purchased Kiss Vision compilations that came out in the early to late 90s. Mm-hmm. Why was there never any TV ads for Phantom of the Park on any of those? I mean, it was a big deal. It was a NBC movie of the week. Mm-hmm. It was all over TV guide. And, you know, we have commercials for everything else, but nothing for Kiss Me, the Phantom. And you would think that Kiss would have appeared on interviews talking about Kiss Me, the Phantom, promoting it. There's nothing. Just recently, and I mean recently, I mean within the last 15 years, there was a um, a bumper that was was uploaded onto YouTube. And I don't even know if that was an original bumper. That might have been a bumper from some one of the re-airs in the 80s. Where does all this material go? Where is it? Some, I mean, there... There had to be something – there had to be some type of television promotion done to get people to see this movie. And where is it? I would love to, I would love to see it. What's that? Uh-oh. You found something. Now, this, this is just interesting from uh, along similar lines of what we were talking about, and it's just a memo uh, from Ken Anderson. Um, I am re-editing the Kiss Tokyo special in order to remove all Japanese titles and add American titles. So just – there. If I've got memos like that, I'm sure I might have something about uh, Phantom. And if I don't, I'm sure that one or two of the other document geeks have something. <laughs> Mark Chikini? Document geeks. Document Hey, those those documents are, uh, are, are, are are extremely interesting. Extremely interesting to read. So, so okay. I mean, I, I, I've yammered on enough about these. Any... <laughs> Any fleeting thoughts or any other topics regarding these two that we didn't hit? Because we talked about the music. We talked about the, the different continuity. We uh, talked about the slightly different concert scenes. And so you prefer Kiss Meets the Phantom, though? Still to this day. Okay. Still to this I think, day. I like them both in their own way. Um, they're their own little thing. And I you know I'll enjoy either one that I watch. Um but I, I still, yeah, it is interesting. You mentioned about commercials in between, maybe you know, commercial breaks during the movie, uh, during the movie, and it would have been, it would have made sense for them to advertise the solo albums during those, yes, during that time period. And I, I don't recall even that. Because uh, no know, one's I'm, gonna remember, no one's gonna remember like the Coca Cola or the Tater Tot commercials that they see. But yeah, had you, had you had, like, yeah. Yeah, you, had you, you, had... would, you would think there'd be a commercial for for the solo albums, yes. for the dolls, yes. for for the you know kiss, kiss your face, kiss your you know the makeup kits, things like yeah. that. You would kiss, think kiss, every kiss your face. You would think every commercial break would have had at least one kiss commercial in it. Yes. You would think so. Yes. And why that's not? A, that's a, I've never thought about that before. That's an interesting question. And, Ken, and it, Ken, Ken's our, our our firsthand resource, and he doesn't remember. And if he doesn't, <laughs> but. <laughs> We're talking that. <laughs> I know. We're talking. Yeah, but, years, you, know. yeah, but you remember. You remember watching ago. it. Like you have. Like there are probably you know little moments that you remember about that night sitting down to watch it, and that probably would have been a moment that you remember too because maybe you didn't have the kiss your face makeup kit at the time, and if you had seen the commercial, you'd be like, "Mom, mom, kiss!" Like that might have been something that you would have remembered. Uh, it, it would have made sense to do that because. All the consumers that they wanted to buy this stuff were watching the damn TV. It just yeah. it, it just it just made sense. So um, and again, why why is there no TV promotional material on this? I don't know. Maybe somebody has it in their basement or, or whatever. So there's plenty of, of TV ads and there's plenty of bumpers from the re-airings. I actually just recently got one from one of the 1985 airings. Um, so yes, that did come in today. Kissy leaks. 
And wasn't that the one Nigel shared, or was uh, yeah, correct. the one Nigel shared the other day? Correct. Yeah. So that, I, that was I, actually fun to watch. I mean, as much as I don't like the Phantom, yes, I clicked on the YouTube link and I went and liked the video and I did watch it. I mean, come on, it's Kiss related. It yeah. doesn't matter whether you like it or not. It's uh, you know, go and check it out just because it's uh, part of the Kiss story. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very it's it's very very cool. So, um, oh, I guess the the one last thing that I do want to mention. Um, is the Kiss Meets the Phantom official movie magazine. Uh, something oh, yeah. that was, I think that was unprecedented at the time because there really wasn't a, there really wasn't all those tie-ins whenever you were marketing things. There, if, you know, now if a movie comes out, there is a book and action figures and there's all these things that tie it in together. That really wasn't how you did it back then. Like you weren't, there wasn't a Smoking the Bandit coloring book after you saw Smoking the Bandit, but there was a Kiss official Kiss movie magazine um, about the Kiss movie. Did any of you guys have that magazine? I do have it. Yeah. Yeah, I scanned I it. It's it up, a it's couple up on, years ago. It's up on FAQ scans uh, for people to read in total. So it's a very it's, it's a very super, cool mag. Yep, super super. What about you, Lon? Do you have it? I do not. I do not. You, you well check it out on, on FAQ scans. I will, uh, FAQ. Let's see if you can get it. Yeah. Kissy <laughs> scans. But see, yeah, Kissy Leak scans. But see if you can get a copy because that's one of the that's one of the cool ones. When I was uh, first amassing my magazine collection, it was that one that I got. It was the People magazine cover, and then it was um, uh, the Dynasty the the poster book. It, uh, those are the first three that oh, yeah. I got yeah, because I they were those are those are super 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 cool, and uh, and I, I really really enjoyed them uh, quite a bit. So, any other Kiss meets the Phantom anecdotes? No, here's a, just since I'm just about done with this other binder. License fee to Hanna Barbera, 1.2 million. In addition, a loan of 600,000 by NBC to Hanna Barbera will be recouped from full foreign distribution, and that's January 1978. Uh, interesting. Uh, and and there are there is I, again this is an unsigned contract, so it's a work copy. The other one I I'm not going to compare the two, but uh, did have foreign distribution. Um, defined in it as to how that would be split but all right so 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 that's just in in interesting antidotal kind of stuff uh king's park in cleveland of course being the original considered uh filming site was it really yeah and then there was a place in virginia which was number two which was uh in the press and then of course uh ended up it's actually it's actually king's island and that's in cincinnati yeah whatever Mm. king's island cincinnati uh, that's actually interesting. That's actually that's that's pretty cool because I, I know they purchased a bunch of acres of land uh, in Cincinnati for the Kiss Industrial Park that never happened. But it's interesting that they were going to film it in Kings Island in uh, in, in It's cool. Andrew, cool. you're frozen. Yeah. Restart your yeah. video. Yeah. Hi everybody. You're back. Hi, Doctor Nick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that, that Kings Island was a filming location. I don't know. I, I always I always feel like it's cool when I'm close to Kiss history. I mean, I grew up in the mecca uh, of Kiss history in, in New York and New Jersey. There's so many little things uh, about the tri-state area mm-hmm. that Kiss history. Um, so it's cool to to kind of come back to that. Um, but yeah, so uh, I guess throw it in the comments. Um, let us know your experiences of Kiss meets the Phantom and Attack of the Phantoms. Which one do you like better? What differences do you like? What differences don't you like? Were you aware or did you see Attack of the Phantoms before it was officially released in Kissology Volume 2? That's a long homework list for the listeners. Holy shit. What you got? What you got? Maria Contessa. Expense report for costuming for the movie. Oh, look at that. Oh, really? Right down to... Jesus the receipt look at that oh, cool that's pretty cool so yeah i, I got some share put that on kissy leaks yeah, we'll get we'll get to this binder i'm thinking of uh scanning every single binder i have and uh throwing it up there but, you uh, should you should uh, it would make for interesting reading and you know what if uh <clears throat> hold on what's this one? Oh well Lots of cool shit. McManus Enterprises and Bill for Lights for the uh, staging 
at Magic Mountain for the concert sequence and all that sort of stuff. So very interesting. Cool. Before we wrap up here, let's just do a couple of quick topics from the board. Now that that we've uh, got that phantom out of the way. (laughs) Julian's ready to participate now. Yeah. So he had to. uh... I'm I'm just going to pick the topic at the top of the board today. And, uh, you know, I think it's a good one. Uh, Is Kiss going out on top with Monster? If Monster is the final Kiss Studio album, are they going out on top? And I'm just going to take that one straight and go with it because I didn't want them to end with Psycho Circus and everything that it represented as being a dishonest album. It has nothing to do with the music now because there's a lot of good music on that album if you can disassociate it from the drama of Ace and Peter. So I still wouldn't want that to be the bookend. Monster? I think is a far better album. There you go. I like it. There's a lot of really good songs on it. Yeah. N- not least Long Way Down. There's some cringeworthy moments oh. that make my backbone slip. Um, <laughs> but pretty uh, good. But all in all, it's a, it's a very strong album. It's got good vocal contributions from both Tommy and Eric. So it, I think it's a more of a band album. It's a little bit closer to the 70s, kind of uh, more organic music rather than overly contrived as far as Kiss goes. Uh, Andrew, what about you? Good bookend to a career? I think so. I I almost think that there are maybe some fans that um, would argue what if Sonic Boom was the bookend rather than Monster. Because there are some people that like Sonic Boom. There's some people that dislike Monster. I love the album. I, I loved it from the first time I heard the songs because uh, I was lucky to hear them before uh, it was released. So it was very, very cool to hear that. I also heard the rumor that Lady Gaga was supposed to sing on Freak, and that would have been cool. That would have mm-hmm. got them a platinum album. Uh, but I, I enjoy Monster. I, I don't listen to it as much as I listen to the classic albums, but I still do listen to it. Um, love Long Way Down. Love Wall of Sound. Um, take Me Down Below. There's some great stuff on there. So, yeah, I, I would be cool. I would be okay with that being the bookend for, as far as a studio record goes. But I think the last true Kiss release is going to be a live record. Or a compilation. A what? <laughs> I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait to get the next Kiss compilation. The big selling point is you don't have the songs mm-hmm. in this order. In this order. Yeah, in this order. Never before released in this order. <laughs> all right lonnie what about you bookend a career um, is kiss going out on top with monster i wouldn't say i'd say no they're not going out on top with monster but is it a good bookend to the career yes but i'm in the camp um that andrew had mentioned i think that sonic boom would actually be a better bookend to the career i'm, I'm a much bigger fan of sonic boom than i am than i am of monster um, I think Sonic Boom would be a much better bookend. To, I, if you're going to say bookend to, to their career, I would swap the two and make Sonic Boom the bookend of the, of, of, of their career. I think, I think it's a far superior album, in my opinion. Do you think it's a far superior album because of your experiences with Kiss around the Sonic Boom, it being the first record in 11 years, and you, you've seen the band on tour? Do you think that may be why you like it so much? Absolutely not, because I have... I had great experiences with Monster coming out as well. I mean, I went on Kiss Cruise too, and they played like those six songs off of Monster on yeah. that on that yeah. cruise. So I mean, I I have great experiences with that album as well. Just as I have good experiences with, with Sonic Booms. I saw them multiple times on 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 those those two U.S. runs as well. So um, I, I just I honestly just prefer the record over over Monster, and I and I think the the music is far far superior, and I think the production is far superior as well. Yeah, I do think that Monster is brick-walled a little bit, and I think some of the production mm-hmm. suffers, um, but uh, but yeah. Yeah, so what I think about this is, it's like Lonnie said, it's not Kiss going out, you know, on, on top. I wouldn't call that on top, <laughs> That's first of all. Um, but as a bookend, I'm kind of with the sonic boom, you know, thing. Uh, I'm a little bit I leaned, you know, more of the Sonic Boom way as a better album. I think is a little bit better, slightly better, not not a lot. Um, I think it would have been better if they would have had their best songs from each of those two albums and had one album that 
that would have worked better. But yeah, that the the real drawback to Monster is the yeah is the production to for me. Yeah, that again, like that that brick walling thing um, is a problem. Um, I wish they would just do one more album, <laughs> give it one more shot. Maybe it won't be a great bookend, but you know, give it a shot and and, and just do it. And one more for the fans and, well, and be done with it and then do your end of the road uh, tour to promote it. Monster was the last chance. That's why they had that. It ends with the I last know. chance. Yeah, they, want, they wanted to that to be their number one record. And Sonic Boom was number two. They wanted Monster to be number one. It sadly was not. Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom. Oh, you never know. Maybe they could do a <laughs> compilation, Sonic Monsters, and take the best uh, tracks from each of them and uh, remaster them. They probably call Put it an EP out to, to finish it off. Yeah, you know, just yeah. don't just don't be like Motley Crue who finished up with all bad things, which is just freaking atrocious. Yeah. Uh, so was the song that they did in 2012, Sax or whatever. Sax. Ah, oh, two terrible songs. Yeah. So, whereas the Saints of Los Angeles was actually had some really good songs on it. That's I a good like album. That. I like that record. I do too. So, bold move when they issued one of the versions of the record with the slipcase for the CD was all the tour dates for the original Crew Fest. Bold move. Bold move. My opinion, because tour dates can and will change. So I thought it was a bold move to kind of solidify it like that. Yep. All right. There we go. That's it for today. Chime in on these topics wherever you listen to this show. Um, if you're in the Nashville area, stop by and say hi on Saturday. I'll probably be there until about 5-ish. Um, and then at the bar. No, I'm not drinking. So. Water? Uh, I'm not drinking water in a fucking bar. That's just so <laughs> no. go to Go to a bar and order a soda? No. No, go back that's to my... That's like, that's like you know, being that guy that goes to a pizza place and be like, can I get a salad? <laughs> no, I would just not go. You just can't do it. Just <laughs> yeah, just, do yeah, it. yeah, right. I wouldn't go either. Um, unless, you just unless, can't do it. Unless they have Yingling, in which case all bad. They right will. Off. They I do know. have Yingling in Nashville. Yeah. We had some last year. All, all bad things. Did all we? Things. I, I find <laughs> we it did. difficult to recollect. Uh, <laughs> can't imagine why. Yeah. No, I, I, I do remember. Uh, and uh, it, sh- it should be fun. All right, let's leave it there. Uh, thank you, Andrew, for coming up with such a engrossing and wonderful and amazing topic. Uh, we liked it. We liked it. I mean, we enjoyed just because it. you it thought you were smelling hot garbage the whole time, you know. Just just wait till the episode when just you know, wait till we open... talk about dolls for an hour. Yeah, wait until the episode where <laughs> where 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 I open the, the new Vigo variations. Yeah, variations man. Of you know, if if we do an episode about dolls or toys or shit like that, I'll just sit there in my binder and see if I can find anything to chime in on. And just, you know, well, here's here's a licensing agreement between uh, Bootwell and Allcoin about. Uh, oh, I, I did find some interesting shit in there while I was in there, but fuck that. You well, guys, you guys could do the show without me when you do dolls. Then, then you won't have to do the show about dolls by yourself. Then you won't have this morose visage, you know, sitting there going, what the fuck? Oh, oh you cursed. Potty. Potty. You cursed. Oh, oh shit. We nearly made it. the whole way. Up. Julian ruined it. Oh. You can't, you can't blame me this time. See, I didn't curse this time, and I didn't do any bad Paul's Daily impressions. You know it was all, this was all business. I've, I've got the power to edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> and make it look like you were saying it. Oh, <laughs> that's terrible. That's terrible. Okay, that's that's it. I I, I want to go. So, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Lonnie. Thank you, Ken. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Woo! Boom! Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the Kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.